It's great to be here at your church. It was uh, lovely to be asked by Dave to preach for you. He gave me a very wide uh, subject matter. He said, preach on God, which kind of gives you a lot of latitude as to what you're going to say, but it does encourage me to do some theology. Now, I've got a degree in theology, so it's good to be able to use the degree that I've got. Theology is simply, in its purest form, the study of God, seeking to understand and explain God. It's simply really talking about God or God talk. Now, whilst that's simple, there's nothing actually simple about God. God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God in three persons and trying to describe that can get a little complicated. Some of you may have seen the YouTube clip, St. Patrick's Bad Analogies, which uh, picks up the way that almost every way we try to describe God has been described as a heresy at some point in the past. That's mortalism, Patrick. I pray that today as I speak to you, as we do some God talk, talking about God, that I won't fall into heresy. But actually it's prayer that I want to talk about. It's prayer that I want us to be thinking about. There are many ways to be thinking about the topic of prayer, uh, but most of them seem to inspire guilt. It's great to learn that Martin Luther said, I'm too busy not to pray, but I suspect that usually the reverse of that is true for most of us. We are too busy to pray. But of course, recently, many of us have been not too busy anymore. And it's a good time to think about praying. And I've been thinking a lot about praying and how we pray and why we pray. And I want to be encouraging people to be getting busy with praying. But thinking deeply about God is actually a great way to start thinking about how we pray. It is thinking about God talk that enables us to think properly about talking to God. For the God we believe in, the God that we worship, the God who has saved us and the God to whom we pray is a talking God who has talked to us and talks with us as we talk to him. Now that's a lot of talk, obviously, but I hope that we will see more simply than this, that we can talk to and with God ultimately because God talks. Pretty much the first words in the Bible are, and God said. We discover later in the Bible that God's ultimate word to us is in his son, who uh, who is sent into creation to tell us of his love. And if any of you have a red letter Bible, I was brought up in the Brethren Church, we all had red letter Bibles, we know that Jesus has lots of wonderful things to say. We also hear of the Spirit speaking in the last book of the, of the Bible in Revelation. We read that, and the Spirit says to the churches, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. From the beginning to the end of the Bible, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are speaking. And there are indications that they have always been talking. In John 16 we read these words. Jesus is speaking. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he comes, the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. 
all that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. The Father has said things to the Son, who says things to the Spirit, who says things to us. Which means, of course, that the Son and the Spirit also listen, and we learn from what Jesus says that the Father listens to him. To put it another way, the God that we believe in is a conversationalist's God. Speaking did not emerge in history with humanity. It comes from eternity. The first conversation was not Adam saying to Eve, what's for dinner? Oh, apple pie, lovely. But it was the conversations of love and creation between the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. I suspect that we don't ponder this idea enough. For it underlines to us that from the heart of the universe is not singular power, a deity in splendid isolation, but rather a God in and of relationship, a God in and of conversation, a God in and of love. This is such a different view of God than what other religions have and that many people, even many Christians, have about God. Furthermore, God made us in his image. And part of that image is the ability to communicate, to speak. Our God speaks and we, made in his likeness, also speak. This means we can only pray because we are made in his image. Our ability to pray should have its foundation with what we believe about God and what we believe about who we are. God, as one God in three persons, has made us as persons. Persons talk to each other. Therefore, we talk to God and he talks to us. Now, until recently, I did quite a few home visits. It's become a bit more difficult now. But it's not uncommon, particularly when I go and visit older folk, that they'll gratefully say something like, oh, it's lovely to have a natter. Well, if it isn't appropriate, or if it isn't inappropriate, we can say that our God loves a natter. He loves to talk. When we, are, when we pray, we are not sending out pleasant thoughts into the ether, crying out to a silent universe, pleading to an uncaring and unhearing heaven. But we are seeking and speaking to a God who loves and who hears and in love speaks to us. Just as our thinking about God talking should start in our belief in a God who speaks, we find the encouragement to do so because he is a God who has spoken to us. He not only speaks, but he speaks to us. God the Father has spoken the world into being for us. The same God speaks to us in his Son. God has shown us the glory of his love in the face of Jesus Christ, his ultimate word. And the Spirit, Spirit leads us into knowledge and to understand that word. The work of the Spirit is to bring us to belief in Jesus. It means that we have the same status as children or even sons of God as Jesus. In other words, when we're called a son of God in the Bible, it's underlining that our relationship, our sense of placement before God is exactly that, as of Jesus. 
God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That's in Galatians 4.6. The Father has worked in, and in us through the spirit. So as Christ in us, we can cry also with Jesus, Abba, Father. As God listens to Jesus, so God listens to us. Isn't that astounding? God not only speaks to us, but he listens to us and hears us in the same way that he understands and listens to Jesus. If we talk to God as his sons, as his children, we can have the same confidence as Jesus who could say, I know you always hear me when speaking about God. What an astounding privilege. As his children, we know that our heavenly father hears us. We are invited into conversation with our creator. Now, as uh, you probably know, I am an Anglican minister and uh, the Doctrine Commission of the Church of England put its understanding of prayer this way. Christians are graciously caught up in the divine conversation. In other words, we are not heard because we are mighty prayer warriors or because of the length of our prayers. I grew up in the Brethren Church and let me tell you, I know some people who thought they were heard because of their long prayers. Uh, I'm reminded of Spurgeon's wonderful line that whilst our brother finishes his prayers, we will sing our final hymn. Many people think that it's because of long prayers that God listens to us. Rather, all of us who believe in Jesus are heard because we are God's children and he longs to listen to us. True Christian thinking about prayer then does not start with our voice, but it is in response to the gracious words that God has called us. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God and that is what we are. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. It is on that understanding that we come before the God who has said those things to us that we come before God in prayer. This means, of course, that when we talk to God, it should be shaped by what he has said to us. His ultimate word to us is in Jesus and we should be looking to him. But the scriptures were spirit-inspired to be God's word to us and we need to look at them to shape our prayers for instance if we look at the prayers of the scriptures we discover that the trinity is all part of how we pray Uh, scholar anthony thistleton who wrote a very big book on these things summarizes this way the normal or ideal but not invariable practice of christians therefore is to pray to god the father as provider and sovereign through jesus christ as mediator and savior by or in the power of the Holy Spirit, who initiates, inspires, and articulates appropriate prayer according to the will of God. He's a theologian. It's a long paragraph. It's a little complicated. To put it more simply, we pray to God the Father, through Jesus our Saviour, in the power of the Spirit, who calls us to be God's children. This is not a law but it's the normal way in which Christians pray. But what should we pray for? 
if God is calling us into conversation with him, what is it that we should be praying for? Each week, uh, one of the joys for me is getting to the Sunday Tasmanian and opening the cartoon section. Uh, It's just something I like to do. And there is a cartoon in there called, um, with the unfortunate name of Zitz. It's about teenagers. And in one of the cartoons, in the first panel, there is a woman called Sarah, or a young girl called Sarah, speaking with her friend, saying, this year... I've tried to make gift buying for Jeremy really easy. In the next panel, the aforementioned Jeremy is walking with a friend through the shops and the shops are filled with signs saying, Sarah would like this. Jeremy, buy this. Meanwhile, Jeremy is saying, still haven't got any ideas. Have you? Now, I suspect I'm not the only male that resonates with how Jeremy feels. I really struggle to buy things for my wife. But I wonder if God feels a bit like Sarah must have felt in the end of that cartoon. When we think, well, what am I going to pray about? The Spirit-inspired scriptures are a treasure trove of both examples of prayer, but also things to pray for. Models of behavior to desire, examples to avoid, godly characteristics, the fruit of the Spirit. In the example of of Jesus, we can see that we are to be people who give thanks. We are to be people who pray for others. We are to be people who pray about big decisions. We are to be people who bring our deepest concerns before God, our Heavenly Father. 1 Peter 5.7 says, Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. So what should we pray about? Everything and anything. All these things have signs saying, God would like you to ask about this. Richard, pray about this. Most bluntly, the scriptures call us to live as God's children and disciples of Jesus. Is that something you're praying for consistently, daily, that you would live as a child of God, that your life would be marked and seen, that you are a follower, a disciple of Jesus, and that you are helping others to draw closer to Jesus too? As we pray... We may find that the Spirit is leading us to pray particularly for particular people and particular situations. But our our prayers should be shaped and formed and guided by the examples and teachings of the Scriptures. There is much more God talk that we could consider about our God who talks and what should shape our talk about God. But I'd like to close with what I think is the most precious truth about our prayers. There are times, and I'm sure for many of us at recent times, lots of times, when prayer is difficult and the heavens seem shut and we may seem lost in darkness. We need to remember that Jesus teaches that the Father longs to hear the prayers of his children. He longs to give them 
good things. Look at Luke 11 if you don't believe me. Furthermore, Jesus, our heavenly brother, is our high priest. He intercedes for us with the Father. He's sitting at God's right hand saying, listen to them. They're with me. Listen to them. But the Spirit, when we don't know what to pray, we are told in Romans 8, not only prays with us, but prays for us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought. But that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Saints, in that passage, is you and me, friends. Those who trust in our Lord Jesus Christ. God not only talks, God not only talks to us, but when we don't know what to pray, God speaks for us. He intercedes for us. We simply need to come in humility before him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of my favourite quotes about prayer is from a chap called Robert Murray McShane. In slightly old-fashioned language, he said, What a man is on his knees before God, that he is, and nothing more. What a man is on his knees before God, that he is, and nothing more. But what are we on our knees before God, our Heavenly Father? We are his children his beloved, lavished love upon children. If that is who we are when we pray, why would we want to be anywhere else?